Sox Nation, it's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, a Fenway home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox Nation, it's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I fake a smile, no. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bats podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, the podcast can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Player FM, and a million other places on Google. Really easy to find. Red Sox just put an end to the Houston Astros in the ALCS. Four games to one and are headed to the World Series. Joining, well, I am Terry Cushman and I am joined as always by Jeremy Schilling and tonight John LeClaire. How are you, gentlemen? What's up? What's up? 2018 World Series, let's fucking go. <laughs> this should be about as good as it gets, right? I mean, we should never be any better than this until, you know, the final out of hopefully us winning the World Series. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, Jeremy's uh, MIA all of a sudden. Oh, shit. He fell asleep. <laughs> Uh, let me pull up my thing here. I'm so bad with I think these. I think only Astro fans are sleeping right now. I don't think any Red Sox fans are asleep. Yeah, no, uh, we're probably pretty well amped up. And, uh, well, we're waiting for Jeremy. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. I mean, I've been wrong all along. Um, conventional wisdom didn't seem to apply very much. You know, winning at Yankee Stadium seemed like it was going to be tough, especially after watching the wild card play out. We won, you know, both games there. We actually won every road playoff game so far. How crazy is that? Absolutely insane. I never would have thought that this would have happened where we win every single road game. Yes. Like, that's just nuts. Who would thought you'd get home field advantage just to – Play better on the road. <laughs> right, right. It's almost like it was a disadvantage because we lost, let's see, we lost game one of the ALCS at home and then uh, game game two of the ALDS. So just absolutely crazy right now. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Oh, my God. I, I still, I'm still in, like, shock right now. It's like, shit, is this real? Am I dreaming? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, my tweet, the only thing I've tweeted out since we've won, I just said I'm speechless, and that's it. <laughs> that's all I've tweeted, and and uh, still, you know, still processing it, and I just, I can't believe it. And 
now we'll have a lot more interest on the other side of the bracket, the the NLCS, and the Dodgers are up three games to two, and um, they're headed back to Miller Park, I think, tomorrow night. So um, at least one more game there. And, uh, yeah. So who saw... Who saw Jackie Bradley coming? Absolutely nobody. <laughs> nobody whatsoever. I mean, he, he has to be the MVP of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually, he won the actual MVP. So, yep. Um, absolutely insane. I, it, it, you got to say, you got to give him his props. You know, without him, it's like, what would this series have looked like? Yeah, I mean, he had that grand slam off Osuna, and then, let's see, last night he hit a two-run shot off of, uh, who was that? I forget uh, at this point. I think it was after Presley came in. Yeah, I forget. I, I don't remember. Last night, actually, I like fell asleep a couple times during the game, and I woke up like, oh, no, shit. Right. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, and the other crazy thing here is is Chris Sale basically a non-factor this series. Um, yeah. And J.D. Martinez, until tonight, um, pretty quiet overall. Yeah, J.D. JD showed up tonight. I was concerned about him like before tonight's game. I was like, okay, What's JD been doing? He hasn't been doing much. He's been off of quiet. Um, Mookie Mookie Betts, unfortunately, he kind of quieted down a little bit. I think I hear that background. I think is uh, Jeremy. He's uh, yeah. I'm back. Okay. I'm back. All right. It's a, it was a tough start to the podcast because I haven't heard a goddamn thing you guys have said. We're just talking. So. Uh, we were just talking about. Uh, how uh, I've been wrong about everything, and we we didn't lose a single game on the road. That kind of had just occurred to me. Um, and then we were just talking about um, J.D. and uh, Chris Sale mostly being non-factors, even though J.D. kind of woke up a little bit tonight. But what, what are your thoughts uh, now that you're with us? Uh, well, um I have so many thoughts, Terry, and as you know, I love to talk. So I don't want to like I don't want to like consume the next five to ten minutes all by myself. But um, just Mookie's ability to to affect a game, um, not just with the bat, but like his defense, the play, to even get his glove on that ball to make that even an issue in Game Four to me that was huge. Uh, the play in the eighth, the throwout Kemp. Uh, the outfield defense generally with Benintendi making the diving play tonight that he navigated that Crawford box and then kind of ran along the, the left field fence um, and made that play look really easy. Um, it just it's, it, it's shocking because the last time, you know, we were this good. It was Manny out there. It was always a goddamn adventure. And it's just like the outfield defense is just unbelievable. Um, Devers, I, I texted a couple people, and Terry, you may have been one of them, that Devers just was fearless. And and then all, all those guys t- texted me back when he hit the home run. Like, you, you just 
I didn't necessarily call the home run. I just said that he's fearless and he's been fearless. Um, and I think that just apps. I mean, where Nunez was always kind of afraid to make a, make a mistake. Devers, it was the exact opposite. Like just rose to the moment, big home run tonight, wins the game. That's just absolutely huge. Um, I was also wrong along the way. Um, a little bit wrong on Bradley Jr. I'm not a Bradley Jr. hater. I'm also not a lover. Um, I do appreciate the defense. I just wish he was a little bit more consistently an offensive threat. Uh, Kinsler tonight. There may be no bigger Kinsler hater. I think, um, like, I was still driving when the lineup came out, and I immediately texted Terry, like, this is a goddamn nightmare. He actually played really well, had a couple hits. Um, I thought, obviously, the home run... It's so important that this, this team scores first. I'm not, you know, breaking news here. Everyone loves to talk about it. But JD's home run was huge. To score first to get to Verlander before Price, I mean, I think that was probably maybe the second biggest or third biggest factor in the game after the Devers home run and Price's performance. Um, I was talking to you guys uh, before the podcast. I went back and listened to episode 87, which was after the ALDS price start. And I was like merciless in my evisceration of David Price. Um, so tonight, you know, it was it was interesting. I mean, he was dominant. Like, I, it was amazing, too, because I knew it. And so, like, I didn't worry when he was pitching. Like, I normally am, like, like sitting up in my seat waiting for the three-run home run. Tonight I was just relaxed. I, I, I like I knew it right away. He just he had great command. Uh, at one point he just humped a 96 mile an hour fastball four seamer. He just like stopped the nonsense with the cutter and just went four seamer. And I was like, okay, all right, like the worry's over. Um, and I thought just generally Cora and I hit on this the other night, but so I don't want to you know go over it again in detail. But I thought Cora was by far and away the better manager. To the extent that I think it was a big factor in the series overall. I mean, everything he did was right. Everything he did. And Kinsler, moving Price up to start in short rest, having him up yesterday, um, I mean, it all just like, it's it's like he knows something we don't know. And obviously he's a great baseball mind and we're not. But it just, it was, it was amazing to me how much he had an effect on the series in a sport where I think managers generally have less impact than the other major sports. So um, I know I jumped in late, and I knew I threw a bunch of little kind of, you know, highlighted points at you guys, but those are kind of my, the, the, the four or five cliff notes that I wanted to start with. Yeah, um, with, with Alex Cora, what was really impressive to me was he did a lot more with less, in my opinion, because I did pick the Astros to win this in six, and they were the Vegas favorites coming in. And, you know, a lot of people were picking them. I'm not saying it was all across the board Astros, but they were the better balanced team coming in. They had the, they had the better rotation by far. I mean, we can't argue that. You know, coming in, they did. Uh, their lineup, one through nine, a little more balanced. We didn't know that Jackie Bradley was going to be the MVP of the series, though. Um, and then I liked I liked their bullpen better. And for Alex Cora to kind of 
meticulously navigate this team through what only amounted to be five games of the ALCS was extremely impressive because I truly feel even watching it pan out the way it did, he he did more with less. And that's the mark of a good manager. And I mean, I'm still never going to agree with Kimbrell for six outs last night. I mean, that was insane. But <laughs> it worked. So, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to dwell on it. And so many other things worked. So that's, you know, one thing that stands out to me. And every year, with the exception of Valentine, every year we get a new manager, we win the World Series. And we're going to the World Series. So, you know, it's... The trend is almost complete again. So, uh, John, any any comments uh, on Alex Cora? Well, I mean, first off, I just want to say, if that's the case, then I guess next year we have to get a new manager then <laughs> if we want to win the World Series, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I may disagree with that because I think this, this guy is different. No, 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 absolutely. This guy, it seems like this guy can almost do no wrong. It's like I have I've questioned a lot of his decisions myself, and uh, and I'm actually Jeremy. I actually agree with you. I'm a huge um, Ian Kinsler hater. I I hate Ian Kinsler. I kind of was optimistic when the Red Sox acquired him back in July, and then um, and then when he came back, he just he wasn't that great. And I was like, okay, this guy sucks. So get him off my team. But um, but it was a good move tonight. Obviously, he had a huge game. Um, I just, before you move topics on me, I I didn't hate the Kinsler trade, especially because it happened on the heels of finding out Pedroia was done for the year. Uh, And I, and I, I think he had an effect on the regular season and that Yankees series we swept, he had a big series until he pulled his hamstring. So I don't, I don't hate the move and I don't hate what he did regular season. But what I hated was Cora's inability to kind of understand that he wasn't a factor or to the effect to the extent he was a factor in this ALCS he was a negative effect player and Holt really didn't get consistent at bats after he hit for the cycle so it was just confusing to me obviously tonight he's wrong I'm sorry he's right I'm wrong he's smart I'm stupid um so it's not you know you know after tonight it's you know all my comments are kind of like you know moot but um I, I just separate the move with his ability to shore up second base in the regular season versus his effect on the playoffs. Right. No, no, I know. I get you 100%. Um, and, I, and I agree with that. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, with the whole hold thing, I kind of was like, you need to get this guy more at bats. Like, he's, like, probably our hardest hitter right now. And I didn't understand why he kept going with Kinsler and, but you know what? Hey, yeah, like you said, he was right. We're wrong. That's why he's the manager and we're not. So you know, <laughs> I I wasn't crazy about the the Kinsler deal because I just didn't think he was that much more of an offensive upgrade above Nunez. And Nunez, I mean, he was like two consistently two fifty, two sixty all year long. And I just felt like if we were gonna make a move, I just I wanted an impact bat. You know, like. Maybe if the the Royals might be willing to uh, give up uh, Whit Merrifield, maybe maybe we didn't really have the pieces for that. One move we easily could have done, and I'm pretty sure Derek Jeter would have 
eaten most of the contract and, and it wouldn't have required a big haul was Starlin Castro. And he was one of the better offensive second basemen all year. And I really wanted a move like that to happen. And when Kinsler came in, I, I just it just wasn't a sexy move to me. I and Jeremy, I don't I don't hate him as much as you did, but um I, I definitely would have in the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely uh, would it, would have preferred more Holt, but you know. Uh, all right, so I, I totally disagree with you because the, the the move was not made, and I don't give a shit about sexy, right? I you know I just don't, um, and I also we've already talked about the fact that the cupboard's bare in the minor league system, so it's not like we have a ton of assets. We got Kinsler for next to nothing. In fact, I don't even remember who the prospect is. We traded to the Angels. The move was specifically made to upgrade defense. It wasn't, and the Red Sox said as much when they did it. They wanted to shore up the uh, the middle uh, up the middle defense. And as good as Bogarts was and has been, and Bradley obviously defensively, and at the, at the time the trade was made, I think Bradley had started to hit a little bit. So the last link up the middle, at least defensively, was Kinsler, and they they didn't shy around the fact that he wasn't good offensively this year. It was. We need someone that we know is going to play defense because we all know how bad Devers has been. So I don't have a problem with it. And the reason why you can't go get someone with term, like I think Sterling Castro still has a year. Um, you mentioned, was it the Royal second baseman? That's another guy who I think is still has some has some term left on his contract. Is because you still have Pedroia. And I, and I know it's an eyesore. And I know it's a significant amount of baggage. But you still have like Pedroia for, I think, four years. So, you, I mean, you can't just have 18 second basemen. Um, so I thought Kinsler, I, look, again, I compartmentalized. Kinsler, regular season, stabilizing force, really good for this team. That, that pivotal Yankees series, he was awesome. Playoffs, Holt's been our best hitter uh, coming into this series. He wasn't obviously good after, um, you know, in this series. And I'm wrong tonight because Kinsler was good tonight, but... Yeah, it just seemed like there was a disconnect between what I was seeing and the lineup being prepared. Yeah, just to clarify my own stance on uh, Kinsler, for much of the first half of this year, the bottom three or four batters were automatic outs for the most part, especially Bradley and especially Leon. And, I mean, my I valued offense at that point, so... I get that the Red Sox wanted, um, you know, they wanted better defense, but I just didn't feel like we were losing many games on defense, you know, especially in the month of July when we only lost, you know, five or six games max. You know, I, I, I definitely wanted a bat in that position. You're right about Castro. He did have one year remaining, but... Jeter would have had to have eaten 75% of the contract. And at that point, if if we didn't want him next year, he would have been easily movable. So I just, I just, defense wasn't a, wasn't a big thing for me. And Devers wasn't really that great all year anyway. I mean, his OBP was under 300, you know, and just really should have been sent to the minors to work on some stuff. But Luckily, he, he had a big October, and, and I, I guess that's all that matters at this point. But um, I'm just not a well, well, just not a Kinsler guy. On Devers, he couldn't he couldn't get healthy. He had the hamstring came back, had the hamstring again. 
there, there was a period there where he was actually still on the major league roster. We really didn't know what was going on. I always theorized, I think it was a shoulder or something, but he missed like five, five or six games in a row. He just, he struggled with health. I will say this about Dever, and this has nothing to do with the playoffs. His, his OPS is 731 this year. So he's a plus player offensively. He's not an elite player. I mean, the, again, the average, I think is seven twelve or seven fourteen. but he's a plus plus player offensively. Um, so, and look, the the thing with Devers is his upside is crazy. So when you're when you're dealing with a guy who could potentially be your next three hitter, um, you don't want to you don't want to send the wrong message by sending them down and kind of backpedaling them when he you know I mean and 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 by the way I think it's paying off now because they did keep him up. I think they maybe extended a couple of those DL stints um, purposefully when he maybe was healthy. And as a result, he never lost confidence, and he's been, like I said, he's been absolutely fearless in the series, and uh, tonight he was the difference. Yeah, I'm not real worried about hurting his confidence because if he's really going to have issues with that, he's not going to be able, he's not going to be successful in Boston anyway. You know, I mean, we saw that with Will Middlebrooks and, um, you know, and I'm just... I'm just talking about like a three-week stint in like June or early July before the injuries even happened. I just feel like if if they could have you know helped him work on some stuff, he would have been an absolute monster in August, September, and and ultimately, I mean, he's doing it now, so I guess it's not really worth dwelling on that much because he, you know, he Terry, you want Terry? I want to hear a crazy stat. <laughs> Yeah, sure. He was a 0.0 war this year, according to BaseballReference.com. Wow. It, so I, he was as neutral of a player as you could possibly be. Yeah. And Bradley was hovering around that as well. I don't, I don't know where he ended up, but I mean, he was slightly negative last I checked. But but that didn't matter either because he's the uh, ALS, uh, ALCS, excuse me, MVP. His war was 2.1. Oh, wow. Okay, so it came up. And I thought, I mean, like, obviously, and his his OPS was 717, so he was, like, a tick above average. The difference between Devers and Bradley is he probably made five or five to ten catches over the course of the year that had a direct impact on a game winning or losing, and so that's why his war is two wins, against, uh, two wins above replacement. Yeah, So fair enough. Uh, why don't we uh, get into uh, David Price? Um, huge, huge. I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he, he's uh, cleared a major hurdle that he has not been able to clear in uh, eleven years, and it happened. And I'm the biggest David Price hater there is, and um, I don't know how I'm going to feel about him. You know, in, in a couple weeks. Honestly, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to buy a David Price shirt. I'll say that much. Um, I hated Rick Porcello more than anyone possibly could have for the whole 2015 season. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, it is what it is. I don't, he doesn't bother me anymore, but um, I hated, I hated the contract that we gave him. Not that it's even remotely as big as David Price is, but I just, you know, I didn't want to commit that well, much money. Has been worth the money. He has now, yeah, for sure, with the Cy Young, and I know he scuffled uh, yesterday, but still had some really key moments here, and uh, especially against the Yankees as well. And 
Um, but getting back to price, though, I just, you know, it is what it is, you know, and uh, I'll yeah, give him like, credit. I'll give him credit. I mean, he pitched a good game. and, and Oh, that uh, had painful that had to be painful terry i know i don't have any sharp objects around me right now <laughs> because i had to say that but uh um look with porcello yesterday as bad as he was he still gave you a chance to win the game and he's been asked to pitch outside of his role this playoffs with basically being the de facto setup man and so you know it was but he didn't lose the game and he battled like hell and he ultimately i mean he ultimately won the game so, you know, I don't have a problem with Porcello. He's lived up to the contract. The first year was rough, and we thought he was something he wasn't. And then, and then he settled down. Obviously, he won a Cy Young, so whatever. But with with uh, Price today, I was uh, like, it's easy for me to say this now afterwards because it's so easy to question, especially based on episode eighty-seven. I had the same level of like odd confidence I had before game two of the ALDS, and if anyone's listening now that listen to that podcast one of the reasons why i acted like a child admittedly and why i was so upset was because i bought in and i was optimistic and i was verbally optimistic so i looked like a complete jackass when he laid an egg i learned my lesson because i was optimistic today but i kept my opinions to myself i thought that he had like absolutely nothing to lose like he's pitching on short rest he threw basically an inning in the bullpen last night um he was facing Verlander. He was in Houston. Like, it was all lining up for him to pitch carefree, and I was just like, God damn it, do I think this is going to work out tonight? Um, so much so, just, you know, just I did bet on the Red Sox tonight to win, and so that obviously paid off. Um, and and I kept my mouth shut, Terry. You know, I, I typically text you some comments about the lineup and or, or who's pitching that day. And uh, kind of put my opinions out there before the game. So I was oddly quiet about Price because I did think he had a chance to pitch well. I didn't think he would do this. I thought we were going to see like maybe four innings, one run, or five five innings, two runs. But like he completely fucking dominated. And he has, um, at least for one start, completely flipped the narrative. Because it wasn't like he he you know, had a quality start, like six innings, three runs, and the Red Sox scored a touchdown, and so he won a game. Hey, he finally won a game. Like, he's 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 one and nine. No, he dominated. He dominated. He's, he's a huge part in why we're going to the World Series, why we don't have to go back to Boston, why we can give Price another five days before he has to pitch again. Like, I... And look, and I'm not a Price guy, right? Like, I'm not. I, I still think he's a coward. I still think he's a bitch. Uh, obviously tonight's not going you know is going to ha- kind of hurt my commentary on that and i and it's obviously subject to his next start and the start after that but at least for tonight look man i give you all the credit in the world david um it was really really impressive to see and i and i felt like you were just a little bit more aggressive i thought you went away from the cutter and more towards the four seamer which you know shows that you trusted your stuff that you were more aggressive in the strike zone and less nibbly after you got ahead of hitters. And it made all the difference in the world. It kept the pitch count down. That, I think it was that bat to Gurriel where I thought, oh, God damn it, a 10-pitch at Pat and how we just lost an inning and, and the bullpen is what it is. But, no, he came back. He had a quick inning. And, you know, he was – look, he was great. I mean, you know, he was. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think 
Um, sorry, do you guys think uh, six innings was like the perfect amount for Price? Do you think he should have came back out for the seventh? What do you guys think about that one? Well, he he's had long issues with the seventh inning statistically, and I don't think that really was super relevant tonight. But um, some of those, he, technically, he has had four quality starts and an average run support of one point nine runs, and those wins got away from him in the seventh inning when he either allowed a run or came out of the game with runners on base and uh which ended up scoring so i don't know if that was on cora's mind at all but um it was on my mind and i didn't hate the fact that he came out so my my position and i actually put this in writing to a friend of mine i would have let him start the seventh with zero leash the minute he gave a, a base runner he would have been out in my mind yeah. And the reason why I thought that was because I was so petrified of Kimbrough having to come in the game. So my mind was, and I didn't know if Valdi was going to be in that role, and obviously he was awesome tonight. I'm sure it's something we'll maybe touch on. But I thought, like, let's go Barnes and Brazier and just leave Kimbrough out of the equ- equation. And that's why I thought maybe, and I probably would have went with Price at least to start until he gave up a base runner. I would have been, been okay with that if that's the way the Red Sox went. See, unlike you, Jeremy, even though I thought he was pitching great and he looked great and all that, I still, maybe it's just my mentality with him, I was sitting there waiting for the wheels to fall off with him. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens, okay. And so once he got through the sixth, I was like, take him out, take him out now. I I was like, okay, that's it. I don't want to wait for the wheels to fall off because I just felt like sooner or later that moment was going to come. But maybe that's just how I view Price. Yeah, and so no one's going to blame me for that. I, I, like I told you, once he, I, once he was clearly going to locate and be aggressive in the strike zone, I felt oddly comfortable with him tonight. Um, and it was for me in the seventh. It was more that he was at ninety-two pitches. So like you don't, you don't want to put him. You know, if he goes out and gets three quick outs with fifteen pitches, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is if now he's pitching high leverage situations and he's already thrown a um, hundred pitches. Like I had no use for that, so it was it was like okay, have him come out, give him a chance uh, to 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 shorten the, the need for the bullpen. Um, but look, I, and also here's another thing: when he came off, um, TBS waited an inning to show it. But when he came off the mound, he was very, very boisterous and, like, huggy and high-fivey. And to me, that's a guy who's signaling to his manager, I don't want to go back out. And so even in the greatest moment that he's had in a Red Sox uniform, he was still David Price about it. And maybe maybe he got the cue from, from Cora when he came off the mound. Like, and he, maybe he even said, hey, you're done, David. But maybe he didn't. And if he didn't and you're giving the high-fives and the hugs, that's the signal that it's the end. And so maybe Cora wasn't done with him, but saw that and said, well, he's given me the signal that he's done. And so he had no choice. I, um, I had a much bigger problem with Kimbrell coming in tonight. And, I mean, Avaldi was basically cruising, and, and it's just – Brazier got five outs yesterday, so, I mean, I wouldn't have been too thrilled if he came in. And he's really in uncharted waters anyway. I mean, he's pitched very well this October, but 
I'd just rather not push my luck there. And I just, I don't know, I just thought Evaldi was good enough to close out the game. And we're going to have a lengthy rest. So, um, you know, that would have been that would have been my preferred route. I don't disagree with that. And I thought he was, like, to the extent he threw 92 pitches two days ago, he his stuff was really good. Like, he was 102 on the black, belt high to Bregman. Like, Bregman could have had a tennis racket, and he wasn't going to foul that ball off. And his slider was sharp, and he wasn't making mistakes with it. Um, I think he threw one um, uh, clean count, you know, oh oh pitch that was a, a, a slider right down the middle, and he got away with it because of the count. Or maybe he was just throwing a get-me-over slider. But besides that one pitch, that pitch was either in the dirt or down and away in a, in a position that couldn't hurt him. So I agree with you, Terry. Um, I thought he was really good. Um, I love that this pitching staff is willing to pitch outside their comfort zone and go in roles they're not used to. And Evaldi tonight was like exactly that. I mean, um, and I would have loved to see Evaldi get the ninth. I would have preferred Brazier just because Brazier's a strike thrower and he clearly doesn't give a fuck about anything but getting people out. Um, and except for the, the, the momentary lapse um, for the walk, Kimber was good in the ninth. So again, Cora wound up being right. You know, he could have also been right with Valdi. He probably also could have been right with Brazier. I mean, the series was over. And, I mean, I had so little, except for the cameraman screwing with my heart. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> except for the cameraman screwing with my heart on that um, the Reddick. Reddick fly ball to right that was, like, medium depth. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was, I have never been fooled by a cameraman worse in my life. Than that moment, like I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this!" And it was there was it was not a well hit a well hit baseball, and it was one of those balls. If you were in the stands, you would have known it. So, but other than that, like I, I just I never felt, especially once we knew we were going to get good David Price, I just never thought we were going to lose the game. So, uh, yeah, and I know knew exactly what you meant because I thought that ball was crushed when that camera like went straight up in the air. I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah, Terry, Terry, John, Terry texted me because he knows I have, happen to get elevated heart rates in those situations. He's like, you know, texted me to make sure I, hadn't had, I wasn't in cardiac arrest. <laughs> and and I'm going to be honest with you, for like a split second, I felt like I could have gone there until it like landed safely 20 yards in front of the front of the right field fence. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually happy that it just happened to like look away from the TV for a second when that happened. So when everyone was like, oh, my God, that camera guy gave me a heart attack. I had no idea what anybody was talking about. So I seen it on Twitter. Yeah, that, that was one of those moments, too, where like it, Twitter, Twitter can be so bad, um, but it can be so great. And the next 10 minutes of Twitter after that happened was just like Twitter at its absolute best. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you what, if we pull this out, and, and who knows, I mean, I'm, I, we'll, we'll spend uh, the next show getting into, uh, once we know who the opponent is, you know, what, what we think our chances are, but if, if we do pull this out, all the shit we're going to be able to talk for the whole winter, you know, to Yankee fans... To Astros fans, you know, anyone who's ever ran their mouths to us all year long. And 
you know, I talk a lot of shit anyway. You know, I'm I'm fairly negative on, on the Sox a lot of the time and you are? <laughs> well, it's no fine. Way. What I'm what I'm are getting you, at. Are you fucking kidding me, Terry? I know, I know. What what I'm getting at though is I can do it because it's my team. But if somebody else mouths off about my team, it's like fuck you, you know, <laughs> you know. So no, it's like it's like it's like I can shit on my brother and give him a hard time about his receding hairline and oversized ear robes. But the minute <laughs> somebody else does, I'm gonna like tackle him to the ground and beat the hell out of him. Yeah. It's that it's that like little brother syndrome. Like I get it 100. percent um, You know, from and unlike you guys, I'm down here in South Florida, so I lived 26 years in New England. Um, you know, so I, I'm, you know, I am a, a New Englander. There's no question about it. But I've, I've lived down here for nine, for the last nine years, and so I'm seeing it differently down here. And people just look at me that know me, and they just shake their head, and they like refuse to talk about it. And it's into to outside of New England, where where you're in enemy territory every day. It's there's so much like jealousy. Um, I think actually that's the best way to put it. It's there's so much jealousy. Um, people feel like like it's it's luck that we don't deserve it, and it's like an embarrassment of riches. And I love walking around and just you don't even have to say anything. Everyone kind of knows. Um, so you know I, I'm getting a different level. You know I'm I'm getting a different experience down here in in South Florida. Um, you know we just come up. You know we just won a Super Bowl like. 17 months ago and i'm gonna go in the office tomorrow and there's and everyone's gonna hate me for no reason but like we're back again as a city and you know it's baseball this time um and i know this is a baseball podcast but look i think all four of us uh, all three of us on this iteration of the podcast are boston sports fans um it's just like it's not and i look i, I think i've said on this podcast before my high school thesis paper was the curse of the bambino and you know, I read like three different books, and I did all this like research on it, and I got a great, you know, it was a great paper. And then you know, to where we are now, where we're appearing in that, you know our fourth World Series, and if we win it, we're going to be four for four since 2004. It's it's honestly hard to believe where we were when I was in high school versus where we are today. And I just you know, again, I have a different experience, and I was. And I remember the bad times, right? But I'm just, I just feel so fortunate that we get this every year, um, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whatever it is. Um, we're just, you know, look, I don't, I don't lose sight personally of the fact of how lucky we are, how fortunate we are to be in moments where we can have these experiences on a year-in and year-out basis. Yeah, and full disclosure, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not really a huge football fan anyway, so um, it doesn't really matter who my favorite team is. But um, So that's the one thing I, I probably differ from you guys. W- what year did you graduate, though, Jeremy? Graduate high school? Yeah. 2002. Oh, 2002. Okay, yeah. I was 01. Uh, I figured you were right around me. So it was pre-04 anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I, back in the day I had this, uh, one of my best friends, uh, families was a Yankees fan and I was so dejected after, um, the Oh three 
Aaron Boone home run. Um, and there's a story that goes along with this, but I'll, I won't share it tonight. But I basically said, and I absolutely meant it, that if the Red Sox don't break this curse in the next 10 years, I'm just going to become a Yankees fan. Like, I'm just going to, like, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And I, and I was dead serious. I was so broken as a baseball fan. Um, and I'll tell that story of the Aaron Boone home run and where I was and how I reacted to it someday. But um, I meant it. I, I was I was just exhausted by it. I was so sick of the heartbreak, and the and the and not just the fact that we couldn't get over the hump, but like again, like you lose on a game we were ahead, the Grady little situation. We all don't need to relive it. But like I was broken. I was a broken fan, and we sit here 14, 15 years later, and we've had the success we've had. And we're going back to another one. It's just not lost on me. That's all. Yeah, and. Right. I mean, the the Aaron Boone moment was my first, like, painful thing. And another thing I, I don't know if I've said on this podcast, baseball isn't my first sport, really. I, I kind of grew up in a in a NASCAR family, and we, we've got family in local racing. And uh, I was a huge boxing fan growing up. And then it was about when all my heroes kind of retired, got old and retired from boxing. I just kind of fell into baseball, and it's... You know, I've been full throttle, you know, ever since. And, uh, but yeah, I just, so I, I can't, I can't talk about the real painful times. I mean, cause I mean, one of my first epic memories was the, uh, 99 all-star game when Pedro struck out McGuire and Sosa back to back. And that was my first realization that, you know, Pedro is basically, <laughs> this you know greek god for lack of a better term and um you know and basically from there forward i just steadily started picking it up but yeah john how old are you i'm 25 my first uh my first year as a red sox fan or baseball fan was 2004 10 years old okay cool so here's the thing for me right and my dad listens to this podcast and he he knows this um, but I think it'll be nice for him to hear it again. Part of, like, obviously I was three in 86. But part of the heartache, like, I lived through it. I lived through some of it. I lived through a small portion of it, of the 86 years, right? But my dad and I were such baseball fans. And my, I still can tell you the spot in Fenway Park where I first saw the field as a child. I can tell you the tunnel. I can tell you where I was standing when I actually physically laid eyes on the field, like everything. And it was just like something that was so much a part of me where it might have been like my first long-term thoughts or long-term memory. And my dad, you know, and we'd be driving to the games and he'd tell me stories about like how he had the bottle of champagne out when Buckner let that ball through his legs and so I didn't see it, I didn't experience it, but I felt it through the connection with this game with my father. Um, and and you know, as I played baseball and in college, and I'm sorry, in high school, and I made a semifinal in the state of Massachusetts in Division One, and we played some like real big games, and then I went and played college baseball, and he followed me everywhere, and like. He kept the scorebook. He still has them of every game I ever played in. And so it was like a family ingrained situation where, you know, and honestly, it, it makes me a little bit sad that I'm not with him tonight and that I'm down here in Florida when this happened because it's, it's one of those things that a father and a son share 
probably, you know, there's probably thousands of, of, you know, fathers and sons tonight across New England sharing that moment. And we shared it back in the day, but we can't tonight. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, and I joke, but I mean it seriously at the same time. Like, I think, I thank God that my dad made me a Boston sports fan, made me a Red Sox fan, brought me to Fenway Park when I was six years old, brought me to 10 games every year, no matter how money was or, you know, how times were. He always made a point, like, we're going we're going to two or three games a month. It has to happen this way. Like, you know, good years, bad years, no matter what. We went and, you know, and I, you know, Terry, you, uh, it sounds like you maybe had a different experience with, with, and I was never a fan of NASCAR, but um, it was just such a part of my family, my connection with my father, still my connection with my father. And uh, tonight's, you know, it's, it's, it reminds you of how special it can be. It's not just about baseball. It's about the people you can share those moments with. And tonight's just awesome. And I, and, you know, I, we're going to the World Series, and it's not even over. And if we can win it, it's it means just that much more. So I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope we win this whole goddamn thing, and I hope we just blow out whoever we play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's definitely a family thing. And my, my dad, base, he does follow the Sox, but um, but baseball is like probably his fourth sport, you know, behind football, basketball, and all that. <laughs> Yeah, and it, you know, it, it, here, here's the other here's the other side of it. Just for thirty more seconds, and I'm getting nostalgic, you know. So you know, I apologize for that. But I got to play on Fenway Park twice, and I started one of those games in left field. And I'm standing out there, and I'm like Manny Manny Ramirez, like Yastrzemski, <laughs> Ted Williams, you know, and all these guys. And I went out to the pesky's pole and i saw the people that have signed it and i went out to the monster and i stepped inside of it and i saw all the people that have signed in there and it's just one of those things where this this franchise we're so goddamn lucky to be a fan of this franchise and on nights like this it's it's all worth it yeah real real quick my first red sox game i know you guys probably definitely you guys gotta remember it my first Red Sox game I ever went to was in uh, April 2007 against the Yankees. It was the game where it went, um, oh, shit, how'd it go? I think it went Mike Lowell, Manny Ramirez. The back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs. Yep, yep. Yep, I remember. And I was like, holy shit, what a great game to go to. It was your first one. Yeah, the, the cool thing for me is, my grandparents on my dad's side and, and my mother's side as well, but especially my dad's side were huge Red Sox fans. And my grandmother was born in 1918, the year they last won it before <laughs> 2004. And unfortunately, she died in 2002 and uh, my grandfather several years before. So their last real chance was 1986. And, uh, you know, when we won it in 04, it was special, obviously, especially coming back from three to nothing, you know, in the ALCS. And, um, but when we won it in 07 for the second time, ESPN.com had the greatest headline. All it said was twice in a lifetime. And I just thought, wow, that's when I really thought more <laughs> about my, my grandparents because I, in 2007, I was, 24 and you know and they lived into their 70s and 80s and, and never saw it so 
I just, uh, it's really I mean, cool. You know, and I, I, by the way, I've made a serious mistake that I'm going to get a bunch of shit for because I haven't mentioned that my mother is also a big baseball fan and also a big part of my my fandom. But, you know, I, I would hope on a night like tonight that every, anyone that would listen to this podcast is also thinking of their experiences. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's, it's nice that we can have these moments to look back and, and remember exactly why we care so much, you know, because, you know, I, I, and I make fun of myself all the time. It's like, Jeremy, don't care so much tonight. And then I look down at my Fitbit and I'm going 122 and I'm sitting in a recliner, but it's like, look, I do care that much. There's nothing I can do about it. Like I am so goddamn invested in every fucking pitch that happens with this franchise. And I have been for close to three decades. And tonight it's, it just, it's it's not relief. It's pure excitement for the next series, and I, I know Red Sox Nation is feeling the same way. Um, you know, I know like guys like Jerry Remy who got sick again. Like he's feeling that way. Anyone who's listening to this podcast after we've told the stories we we're telling are having are going through and reliving their own moments. So as as like a fan base, you know, I'm in Florida. You guys are in New England. There are people that are displaced. Like it's just it's 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 been an awesome series the way it's happened um the unlikely you know hero and bradley jr um avaldi all just the way it's happened has been so special i just hope to god they could finish it off and and we can get it you know let's cue the goddamn duck duck boats again get the duck boats ready yeah and yeah i mean I I'm, I got nothing. <laughs> I just can't put into words. <laughs> I haven't fully processed this whole series yet, and uh, I just—it's the one good thing. Let me say this: we we don't know who we're playing yet, and uh, I think we all have agreed. Or actually, John, I don't know if you said your piece, but you know the Dodgers, and um, you know it's concerning when you might have too long of a rest, but. Our pitching staff needs it, whether it's historically a good thing or a bad thing. Like these guys need, you know, need some time off. And I think the one thing that will play back into our favor, though, is it will be at Fenway Park, and I think that's an advantage. And I think they'll respond to the crowd and and be a little more amped up. So. Um, I'm not overly concerned about it, but Chris Sale, if he pitches game one, he'll have had, if that's on Wednesday, I mean, that's like almost, what, 10 days rest? And Price is yeah, only... it's Tuesday, but yeah. Oh, is it Tuesday? Yeah. So it's it's a lengthy period of time, and if all goes well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's the only start he makes, and maybe he just pitches a couple innings of relief or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I, I, it's, we have the luxury of setting things up exactly the way we want them, and uh, I'm, I'm totally good with that. Yeah, and like I said earlier, um, like I'm not so enamored with facing the Brewers that I need them playing through, um, through Saturday. So go ahead and roll over and die tomorrow. Um, have the Dodgers win it because I think we're better than both teams. I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'll be a little bit interested to see if that happens, what iteration of Kershaw we get. Um, 
But I'm not. I'm not overly concerned um, about either team as far as talent and the this team's ability to go get the moment. Um, you know, not to not to guarantee they're going to win or anything because that's that's not what I'm saying. But I'm not necessarily overly concerned about one team or the other. Where I just I would prefer the series to be over and then be on the same delay of you know or rest that we are. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I mean, at least we're there, though. At least we're 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 in the position we're in. But um, we're gonna get wrapped up here, actually. But uh, John, we, you've been kind of quiet for most of the show. Uh, any any final thoughts as we uh, head into this last series? My final thoughts is just let's fucking go. <laughs> I have I have faith. I, I actually chose the uh, Astros in six, too. Um, I'm not doing that again. Uh, I'm not guaranteeing a win, like Jeremy said, but I think I like our chances. I like our chances against either team, Dodgers or um, Brewers. I'd probably like the Dodgers for the same reason as Jeremy, just because to get them on the same amount of rest. Um, even though if we did get the Brewers, that'd be a fun series, too. You know, Travis Shaw would be making his return. Um, but, yeah. Either way, I don't know. I like our chances. And I say, just let's fucking go. Bring on the World Series, baby. Speaking of picks, does anybody know anybody that picked the Red Sox in this series? I, I don't know anybody. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. you, you picked them That's in fine. seven. So you were still way off. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> at, least I, at least I had some... You know, on one of those podcasts in there, I was pretty heated about like how negative we were being about the Red Sox chances. But look, you know, I, I could give two fucks about like the Travis Shaw coming back. Like, you know, I, no offense, Travis Shaw. Um, I, I hope you go 0 for 132 and have no effect on the series, and you guys get blown out in four games, so I can just enjoy the process. And then, you know, watch from work someday in like 10 days the the duck boats roll through Boston. So. Um, you know, um, I'm a little bit different that way because I'm kind of like emotionalist when it comes to like th- just bludgeoning the other team and 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 the storylines that media grab grab on and all that. And John, like I, you know, th- I understand to a certain segment of Red Sox fans that that would be cool. Like, and I'm just acknowledging that I'm a little bit different that way. And, and Terry, I think, would admit this because I'm, you know. I've gone on record on a whole bunch of stuff on this topic, but I just, I honestly don't give a fuck about anything but the Red Sox winning games promptly, quickly, and efficiently. And so I can celebrate a World Series and then move on to the Celtics, Bruins, and Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care how we win it, really. It's just, as long as it happens. I, I want, I want, like, honestly, like a bludgeoning. Like, I would like that at some point in this World Series, Major League Baseball contemplates like a, a, a mercy rule because it's like 17 to 2 in every single game and they're like well maybe maybe if it's 15 runs by the fifth inning we should just shorten these games like that's what I'm looking for Mer- like just just a bludgeoning yeah that's fair enough I you know we've only seen one world series where we've actually lost games you know and that was 2013 04 we, we you know we swept so um, oh, all right. Well, uh, we'll call it good because it's late and uh, we're, you know, our emotions and our blood pressure have fluctuated quite a bit in the last 48 hours. So 
Uh, we'll probably reconvene, probably take a few days off, actually. So uh, maybe do a Sunday night show, actually, I think is when we can um, tentatively uh, come back on and uh, actually preview the series, knowing all the facts and whatnot. Sound good? All right, guys. Hey, uh, congratulations, everybody. It's This is <laughs> awesome. Just can't wait for the next one. Hell yeah, let's fucking go. Have a good night, guys. Good night. Oh my goodness. This is the 94th episode. I don't even know. Um, But it's been a long year of uh, podcasting and an up and down journey. For myself and a a huge learning experience met a lot of cool people and uh, really like the current situation we're in but when this season started in late March as it turned out I mean we knew we were going to be good but you know the Yankees were going to be good and you know the Astros Indians and it's been a long season and you know we're going to the world series so i just it's it's gonna be so cool it's gonna be so cool and uh that's all i got so have a good night enjoy this win over the astros and uh let's uh Let's savor it because how often do we ever get here? It's uh, <laughs> it's awesome. So have a, have a good night, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon, whenever you listen. Yeah.